0: Hello and welcome to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. The episode what was I don't that? know what episode You don't know this what is.
1: episode we're on, do you? Do you yeah. know what episode we're on? Uh, is this sixty? I think this is sixty. No. Yeah. I know. I know I thought we had more than that. Uh no, it just seems like a long time of working with each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, this is presented by Compassion International. We'll talk, uh, talk more at the end of this podcast. But, man, great organization. You can help kids around the world. And HopeOnDemand.com is where you can find more on them. And also everything with Hope On Demand. I mean, you got videos and resources and, and daily Bible readings. And, yes, this podcast is where where we live. When I say the number seven,
0: you say what?
1: Uh, it's a great name for a boy or a girl. Seven. It's a lovely, it's a, it's Mickey Mantle's number. Now, uh, we got I just got to out Carter. The only
0: one who I know that has won a Seinfeld trivia night.
1: That's me. Carter Price. Thank you. That Thank is you. a
0: joke from Seinfeld. If <laughs> you're like, I have no idea yes. what you're talking
1: about. Seven, it's a great name. He wants to name. Costanza. Yeah, uh, George Costanza wants to name his baby, his future baby, Seven. <laughs> and he tells it to somebody and they steal the name. Yeah. Before he can name he's Seven. Yeah. And, and. Everybody thinks he's crazy, except for this person except who steals for, the name.
0: You know what? Honestly, though, so it's it's no secret Jerry Seinfeld is a Jewish, mm-hmm. uh, Jewish man, and the guy who helps him with everything date. What's his La- Larry name?
1: Larry David. Oh my yeah. word,
0: Larry David. Okay, they're both Jewish, and maybe that number was just up in conversation that day because of their heritage. I don't know. Maybe it's
1: just no. It's it. Mickey Mantle's number. That's a, why. That's why it's Mickey Mantle's number. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
0: See, you won the trivia game. <laughs> Was Mickey Mantle Jewish? Uh, I don't know. That it I don't doesn't know. Matter. That I don't know. But the number seven pops up frequently in the Old Segway. Testament. Segway!
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're shifting gears.
0: Okay. It's going to get a little or feel a little complicated you...
1: with what we're going to talk about today. Because so you're in the book of Leviticus. Nice.
0: Yeah. In the book of Leviticus. Now, we need to mention, after you finish up Exodus... Exodus leaves you on a cliffhanger, which I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way. I certainly hadn't until recently. <laughs> they finish up everything they need to finish up. Okay, they've made it out of Egypt.
1: Okay, right. They're now
0: in the wilderness. They have said yes to the commands of God. We will follow his law, even though they broke a lot of them right off the bat. Um, but they've decided, yes, I want to be your people, Yahweh, your Chosen people, and he's already put his name on them and said, Yeah, you're mine.
1: And we talked about bearing his name last week. We
0: talked about bearing his name and him giving them a second chance. In fact, he said, All right, I'll tell you what you're going to do after they build the golden calf. And then Moses gets real upset and he grinds up the golden calf and he puts it in their water so they have to drink their own issues.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Drink your issue. Okay. Yeah. And still, it's like, God had to be persuaded by Moses. And in this, we see the grieving of God Mm. over his relationship with his people. He, he has already freed them. It's like, oh, you must keep my laws and then I will free you. No, God freed them first. Mm. Right. So he's been this incredible, loving, present God, which all the other gods that this culture would have been introduced to, that's not a thing. Yeah. So, um, He's proven himself more than enough <laughs> like he ever needed to. He created them. Right. Right. But um, he said, all right, I'm going to I want you to build this tabernacle. I want this relationship to work. We're going to set up a priest and he's going to be the go between mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And we leave it at the end of Exodus where the tabernacle is built and Moses is there at the entrance and he can't go in. And that's where it ends. The mm-hmm. so Leviticus is how do we. How do we connect in, in this relationship with God? How is this going to work out? And laws are established and it's like, all right, so you've been given this freedom and God, it, these laws are going to help you walk out that freedom. This is going to actually work for you.
1: Because it's kind of showcasing God's perfection. And when the law is revealed, it's kind of like, wow, we are a sinful people. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think when you read the laws, some of them may feel really harsh. But again, you have to remind yourself as you're reading it. Where did I grow up? I grew up in the United States of America. More than likely, if you're listening to this, you're in the Western Hemisphere, right? That is Western civilization you grew up in, and it's it's just different than what would have been ancient civilization. Sure. And yeah. so it does feel harsh in some ways, uh, but a lot of it, it's there are different uh, categories of laws. You have purity laws. You have um, you have moral laws. You know the sacrifice laws. So it feels like a lot, but it's for the good of the people. It's either to establish a relationship with each other, certainly with God, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, to establish where they are in relationship to God. you still need to sacrifice something that is blameless because you ain't blameless in order to reconnect with me. The number seven keeps popping up. And... It's fascinating because the first time that I think in Scripture, I could be completely wrong on this. If it's before the seventh day of creation that it pops up, there you go. Prove me wrong. Absolutely. I don't
1: know if they in that, they could. I don't know how many verses are many. There's not many before there's the seventh not, day of creation. But
0: Genesis itself is is filled with poetry. And so there are seven lines of verse or whatever. Maybe, okay, okay. maybe it could be proven. Uh, I'm sure there is. I'm not a scholar in this. I'm, I'm learning from scholars, though. Hey,
1: this this is the podcast. We just try to break it down, but we are yeah. not experts. So if you any feedback, any time, just uh, let us know. I'll just comment on the on where you're listening to this app.
0: It really is exciting. when The more you discover about God, the less you realize you know about who he is, and that, that makes it even more exciting. It's like, you know who he is. Don't get me wrong. I know who my father is, but to this day, I'm still learning who he is. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing same for my heavenly father but that much more cuz he's you know eternal
1: and a little a little more complex yeah <laughs> a little more complicated <laughs> so
0: the number 7 it's interesting cuz in the first 6 days where we read about what God did he creates things um which is amazing when you think about it um just he rested though on the seventh day and it sets it apart from the other days because, you know, you you read and there was morning and evening and it was the first day or whatever. There mm-hmm. was morning and evening and second day. I don't know if that's exactly what it says, but you you remember something along those lines. And on the seventh day, it wasn't that. On the seventh day it was complete. It was done. It was good. And he rested. And it's that seventh day where it doesn't end. He doesn't say it ends. Mm-hmm. Because he wants you to rest in the fact that his creation is good. It's good, and in Eden, the the garden there, it there was no toiling. I mean, sure you could gather fruit.
1: Yeah, a lot of lot of fruit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: work that land, but that land wanted to work right back for you. I mean, like in a good way. It was mm-hmm. like I want to give you the apples here from this tree and pears. Yes, apples were not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We usually see that represented that way.
1: But I guess we don't know what the fruit was for that. Is that. I mean, accurate? And I shouldn't
0: maybe say it, maybe it was an apple, but yeah. nobody knows what kind of fruit was on that. But all of the good fruit that was there, you know, it just it was there because the land was like, I want to give this to you because it's in relationship with our creator. And it was just a different kind of situation because after Eden, the what it what was the curse on man? You have to work the land. So one of the things that happens, though. Uh, and I thought this was fascinating. You are to work the land for six years with these new laws that are coming out in Leviticus. You work the land for six years. And on the seventh year, you let the land rest.
1: And what does that mean?
0: You just don't, you're not going to work it.
1: You don't plow. You don't. No,
0: no. You are going to see what happens. Okay. And then there's still going to be stuff that grows. And when it does, you're not to go out and gather and stuff like that. No, that's going to be there for you to eat freely from, I guess. And uh, foreigners were allowed to come in there. Mm. Um uh they said wild animals could come and eat off of the land it was fine and at first um you think well how would that work well they wouldn't have all necessarily planted and harvested the same things it wouldn't have all been done at the exact same time so it would have been kind of scattered and measured in terms of years that you would allow the land to rest um so i I thought that was fascinating though, that those times you allowed it to rest. And we always get back to that seventh, seventh number mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of whether it's Sabbath, Shabbat, where you stop and rest and trust God in the midst of that. We see that with manna, um, go and gather for every single day, but don't gather more than for the next day. Cause that won't go well. Mm-hmm. And we saw that they did it anyway. these, very obedient people. You know, they went out and they gathered twice as much as they needed. Mm-hmm. And the next day it was filled with worms or whatever. is gross. gross. Um, but on the sixth day, gather twice as much because on the seventh day, you're going to stop. Mm. You're going to rest mm-hmm. and you're going to trust. And so that number seven keeps popping up. We see it in Exodus, the the freeing of s- slaves. Um, we see it uh, in the year of Jubilee, seven times seven is forty nine for forty nine years, if you sold your property, if you had slaves, on the fiftieth year after that forty nine seven times seven, the year of jubilee comes along, and it's like any property that you'd lost, it it's brought back to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's land redeemed. and restored, and um, and it was. I mean, there's just a lot to that. It was kind of kind of interesting. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, somebody I read this article. Somebody suggested a debt jubilee, mm-hmm. and it was kind of that thinking of. Everybody just doesn't know anything. (laughs) And it it was, I don't know if it it was going to be good for our culture or not, but, uh, but it was, that was the way then. It's very fascinating. I want to ask you about, um, or just mention about the Sabbath yeah, because it is interesting. You you know, you're obviously in the old Testament where you're going through these old laws and you mentioned about, you know, some of the stuff we're not held to anymore. Oh
0: my word. There's so many and there, it'd be a little overwhelming to me right now if I stopped down to just try to figure it out because I wasn't I wasn't raised in the culture so, sure. um, but yeah, I'd love to give it a stab. Well, <laughs> to ask away
1: uh, on the on the Sabbath because you know when you talk about like what we know is uh, Sundays church days family you're mm-hmm. supposed to rest. Nobody feels uh no, well uh, nobody not everybody feels obliged to that. And we were even talking about last week in Romans fourteen at verse five or so. Talks about no day is holier than another, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what Paul's talking about. You know, right. some really are dedicated to the Sabbath, and some are not. Um, and so we're we're free. Certainly, I, I think if you work for an hour or you do an activity for an hour, uh, I, it seems to be we have the freedom in that. Um, but it's just I think to it's just fascinating that on this earth to this day, there the Jewish people are still honoring that on on Saturday. And so much so that they can't even I believe it's um, the elevators don't work in Israel because it's an action to hit a button. And so it's a very fascinating thing that there are are these law, people are, are honoring these type of laws still to this day.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things that are quite literally um, preserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the, not speaking against that at all, when you read the books as more of a narrative, as to what God was, what he was doing and establishing for his people. It was in relationship for him to them and to each other. It would have made sense of the chaos that might have been, had these laws not been present. God was so faithful um, to his kids that he worked with what he (laughs) had been given in terms of the times. And, allowing his creation his beautiful creation to take the place of of the people to suffer and die so that their blood why do we sacrifice that's all always a question i'm sure that especially kids it's like, why do they have to die
1: the, the animals yeah. you know they're
0: they're blameless they didn't do anything wrong exactly but we did mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so god to preserve um people. He he wanted us to recognize, this is one of the reasons why it's not kosher to have blood in animals when you eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, the blood is the life source of all that are living, right? And so, and not, not talking about plants, obviously, but you know, all that has life, that are animals, has blood, drain it out, you're not allowed to eat it, that's not cool. And what are you laughing at? Sorry,
1: just imagine a, a big plant <laughs> lover going, how dare you? Glucose <laughs> is the lifeblood! <laughs> Is that a funny thought there? I was just thinking
0: about Rocky Horror Picture Show with a big plant that eats people. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's true. Okay.
0: Maybe some there. I don't know about that one. But uh, they died in the place of the people. And you've heard the term scapegoat.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's
0: interesting that the sins of the people, there were two goats. One would bear the sins of the people. You would put your hands upon the goat. And um, I think not both of them, but just one and it was like it would carry the sin away from the campsite. Okay. And the scripture alludes to this this desert demon that the ga- the goat would be sent out to. Wow. And you read about I think it was called Dezalel. I'd have to research more into that, but that was the belief of the people that this is where you would send it out. Yeah. From camp The sin would have to be taken away and the other goat would be sacrificed and the blood from that goat would cover their their life source would cover over the sin of yours and purify it,
1: hmm.
0: and uh, the people. So it was this this constant need to to be redeemed, to redeem mm-hmm. what was lost, mm-hmm. and because it was constant sin. Yeah, and and it
1: still is to this day. Absolutely, we just have the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus that is everlasting. Yes. That we're continually. Uh, cleansed from yeah when we confess our sins to him and uh, and so that's why it's just it just changed
0: so think of it this way when you hear about like the maybe you read about it where the blood is sprinkled in the tabernacle area it it's like why that's really gross sounding mm-hmm. uh, the blood there was uh, it would purify things mm. it was considered um, uh, l- l- pretend that you have a dark colored t-shirt and you have a paintbrush and you fill it with bleach and you splatter it okay on the t shirt. It's gonna leave these marks, right? Mm -hmm. But it would purify the color out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so where people in their not just the sin itself, but let's say somebody steals a sheep from another herdsman and it finds out about it, not only did you steal and that's sin, but now you've caused mistrust between the two of you there's mistrust well what does that do that breeds contempt that breeds all this other stuff and you just start seeing like mold on bread it just grows from there yeah. so the purification i guess you could call it process when they would sprinkle the the tented area it's like okay this sin has even started to decay what needs to be purified and holy to keep this relationship between God and his chosen people. And so that's the sprinkling process. All of this, it was very important that these laws be followed. Um, I have even had it presented through, and I've shared before the Bible project, they said, God is holy. Think of the sun is all the things that are good. It's warm. It's good. It keeps us well. But what does sun Also do, it can cause, well, obviously, if you're out in it too long, it can cause cancer. You get too close to it. You burn Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to death. It was not a good thing. And God's holiness is good, but it is also dangerous. Mm. And if you're not following these, the protocol, Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. even see in the first couple of chapters, I think it is in Leviticus, Aaron had four sons. By the end of one of those chapters, Aaron had two sons Mm. because they went willy nilly in the presence of God, weren't not following protocol and because they got too close to the quote, sun, God's holiness, they did not make it to the next ceremony. And it seems quite vicious. If you think about it, but it's like, I, I told you,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: this is look. I love you. I'm with you. I want to live among you for this to happen.
1: You have to obey the law. And people, I think, especially, um, agnostics, atheists, uh, uh, Christians that have hesitations. I think we all, we can look at the Bible as a certain verse and go, Ooh, that one's tough to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see, a lot of people will see the Old Testament as a vicious, vengeful God. And what's ironic, though, is if we, um, if we all, let's say there was a big case, I'm sure there has been a big case, of a child predator or a trafficker or, I mean, some. you just think of the worst of the worst of what we, of what, if you read online the news story, yeah. you've read the comments, everybody calls him a monster yeah. and they hope they burn and all that stuff, okay? So let's say this uh, just judge the judge with an incredible reputation that is here for justice and will give the due penalty says to the person, the child predator, whoever's on you know on on trial, you know what? I can just see like you're sorry and you're a pretty good person. Otherwise, I'll just let this one go. Yeah, that can't. It can't be. A be. Thing. And so we all mm-hmm. have this this need for justice, but then. A lot of well, a lot of people will look at the Old Testament and go, "God's so mean!" My gosh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just hypocritical. And of course, we're we're humans; we're hypocritical. But that that that's why it is so. And here we go with that grace and forgiveness that is coming. The Old Testament also constantly points to Jesus.
0: And we said this at a couple podcasts back. If there's anything that gives you hesitation and you read it, you're like, "Gosh, that feels cruel, Lord." I, I And what Job ventures on in, in the conversation in the book of Job to to ask God. And God's like, you know what? You don't really get to do that. You don't get to ask me questions like that. But it's it's interesting because mm. he doesn't shy away necessarily when you do ask questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He may tell you, you know what? It's not for you to know right now. And there mm. were things that Jesus did not reveal to the disciples. There are things that Jesus didn't even know. Like, for instance, when he would be returning.
1: You know, I found an interesting this is just quick, on, quick that. on that, that Jesus was human here. So he didn't know then, mm-hmm. but he probably does now. I, I just heard that. That's interesting scenario. Yeah. You know, maybe he meant all time. Maybe Jesus still doesn't know. And he's waiting on that cue from God for the second coming. But I've heard a theory. Well, no, he didn't know on this earth because he was part human. Yeah. Anyway, so and he's still just,
0: and he still is human. Even in the presence of God, he's still flesh. He's that part of God that is flesh and can still empathize with us. That's why he's maybe the the person who still Speaks on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, that lawyer. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, where was I? What was he talking about? Just, uh, now the, I went jo- there. Yeah,
1: I know, I know, I know. So it, we, Squirrel. Yeah, this is this is us. Okay, all right, now we're back in the lane. Uh, so no, just talking about the justice and the mercy and then oh, you yeah. know, were talking about Jesus, so.
0: Oh, and it was really cool. Gave, Jesus, I mean, excuse me, the Heavenly Father, Yahweh, which is the very personal name, I found this interesting, I read about this today, the the people in order never to 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 completely uphold the name of God, I believe they they would say Adonai instead of Yahweh because Yahweh was like it was such a reverent name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't even go there with talking about it. Isn't that yeah. interesting?
1: That is fascinating. Uh,
0: but but Yahweh um, he he incorporated laws about justice, like clearly the freeing of slaves. You know, this was something that the year of jubilee. Sometimes when kings would overtake kingdoms to get in in a good way with the people, he would, all right, all of those who are enslaved are now free. Hmm. All of those in prison because he wanted to start out good and mm-hmm. seem like the good guys so that maybe later he could rake them across the coals. I don't know. Right. But um, for God, he was establishing something completely never been done before because he's God. He was like, first of all, kings are not going to say when people are free hmm. because I own the land. And I'm going to say when people are free Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you walk according to these laws, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you crops like you've never seen crops grow. But he does give them a warning at the end of Leviticus after he says, I've chosen you. You are my people. I want to live among you. I'm your God. He warns them and he well, he is God. And so he sees the future and he knows what's coming and he warns them through. Moses he gives this word interestingly enough Moses goes up Sinai do you know how many times guess the number
1: i mean if i well i read this the other day so i guess i would say 3 cuz i forgot well, not that he necessarily went up but the burning bush was at Sinai and i just never even realized that okay so um,
0: i don't know if this includes the burning
1: bush okay but then but then the, the i would say 2 cuz okay. he the commandments and then the time mm-hmm. that he saw the back of god Maybe that was the same time. I would say a max of three is what so I would it's, guess.
0: But seven is what you should guess, because well, that's the number I keep talking about. You oh, brought up the Seinfeld Confound it!
1: Seven, <laughs> duh. But
0: I only know the number of uh, times referenced that i That's a really good point with him meeting at, at the Burning Bush. Maybe that's included in this other scholar's uh, assessment. Fascinating. But anywho, he goes up Sinai, he gets all of this instruction, and it's not just one time. You imagine... The parchment that he's filling up. Uh mm. of course sometimes it's the tablets and mm-hmm. if he's not breaking them, you know? With the <laughs> commandments and things. But we've uh, all broken a tablet <laughs> by now. <laughs> but he gets all of the instruction and there's this just incredible this incredible earful that Moses is given in the last part of Leviticus where it's like it might get so bad if you guys disobey me. It, it in fact if you disobey me, this is exactly what will happen. And if you read further in the Old Testament, everything that Moses says that God says will happen absolutely happens. Absolutely. They fall away from God. They start doing other stuff, start idolizing other things, start listening to other things. Oh, it gets so bad. They're so hungry that they start doing things that are unspeakable on this podcast. Cause I don't want little ears to hear, but mm. it's just awful. And I, I, I want to hold on to the, the, the former part of that last chapter of Leviticus. Um, is it the last or the next, the last where he's talking about, I'm your people. You're my people. I'm your God. As long as you obey my laws, if you obey my laws and, you know, Jesus freed us from sin and death permanently Mm -hmm. his blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate it's, it's not that it has to be sprinkled on anybody ever before, but it's an incredible symbolism of us. When we go into the water for baptism and we die to that part of ourselves, it's, we die that death and we come up in new life in him. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's just fascinating that some of the other symbol, symbols that we see in, for instance, Passover with, with bread uh, we see that in incorporated with the Passover in the Last Supper. they He uses the bread. But he also uses the wine, uh, the abundance. Um, there's all this symbolism. It's it's not for nothing.
1: Right. I never yeah. want to
0: lose it. And it's there's always so much. That's why when people say there's so much, just keep reading the scripture. And you're like, OK, but if you don't have any context oh, man. or if somebody isn't sitting next to you who has like a concordance so you can go, yeah. this connects to this then you might get lost in it. And I completely, yeah. So that's why yeah. I feel like it's complicated because there's so many connections there. Even when Jesus says to forgive 70 times seven, it wasn't, hey, only 490 uh, 400, wait, four hundred and ninety times. Is that right? 70 times yeah, seven? Yeah, 490, 490 times. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, that was a number of what? Completion, like forever. Like there's never too many times that you're supposed to forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes, even Aunt Mildred, after she's commented on your gray hair showing. Yeah, Mildred, that many thank times. you. That was a
1: public post. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So grateful. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, forgive her even. So there's a lot there. I know it's like a big matzo ball, all this stuff happening, but um, it's so fascinating. And it just means that God wants to continue on in this seven number, this perfection, this Eden. He, did, he wants us to rest in him ultimately. It doesn't mean we don't keep from laboring, but don't forget to trust in him. Don't forget to to rest in Him with daily. It doesn't even have to be on, you know, a time where we we set aside Shabbat, meaning stop, down for this moment,
1: yeah. no. It's still a great example, you know, yeah. to, to stop and rest in Him, regardless yeah. of whether it's all day Sunday or he, I've had, <clears throat> you know, somebody that worked at a church, they picked their Friday to be more of a Sabbath, mm-hmm. of a day where they they really were able to focus on God and, and rest, and um, I think that can look a little different to everybody, but I think the reverence and the... Uh, just having some peace. I mean, we all complain about being so busy anyway. Yeah. Taking a, a morning, a whole day, or whatever, and, and just finding the peace of God and resting. What do you want me to do today, God? There's a question to ask him. Mm.
0: I'm going to read this and I want this to be read and this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do for God. What does God want?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I heard a guy once that he just felt that he listened to God just like that. And he, you know, your human side feels like I should do, yeah, do all this for God. And he said, one day my he God I just felt like God's saying, take your family to the beach. <laughs> just hang out with your family. Cause I made it. Because you he made the family. Yeah. Well, I made the family and I made the beach. And the beach too. <laughs> God, that's so true. Um, mine, I am in Col- Colossians. I, it was just kind of a, a suggestion from somebody and it was a a it's a quicker read. I think it's like four or five chapters. Uh, but there's just some great stuff in here. And I just like the I just wanted to read a little bit of it because it is just the way that it's worded. Okay. Colossians is in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna start here, verse three. No, no, let me start actually more like verse um you know, I think verse six here. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. The fruit that it's talking about is instead of obeying commandments, it's wanting to do good simply because you're changed when you believe. Mm. That is how you are saved. That is how you go to heaven. You believe the fact you put all your hope in Jesus, but then you become a person who bears good fruit. And... It goes on, I just, there's a, there's one that's really good. I just don't want to miss anything else that's really good. Um, What's really
0: sad is all the other verses you're skipping over that were like, hey, I'm good too. No, what's that? <laughs> There's one other verse that's really oh, good. Oh, the verse is talking. All the other verses. Hey, uh, verse five's good. I'm over here. <laughs> what about uh, verse seven. We've been going with that theme. Well, Let's go there. Uh,
1: I, I, let me, I'll read verse seven for fun, okay? <laughs> you learned about the good news from Epiphras, our beloved co-worker. Epiphras.
0: Maybe someone listening right now is like, I've been struggling with baby names.
1: Then there you go. Epifres. Verse 12. Um He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And let me move down here. This was just so awesome to me. Verse 20 for no verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And so you just hear the the blood again, and you, you take this, forgiveness is offered, mm-hmm. and so in fact, I heard a, a really good – you're talking about forgiveness and how we're supposed to forgive others. We're supposed to forgive others, but restoration might not be there until repentance is. So let's say um, – well, I, I love the the wallet example. Let's say a buddy of mine steals my wallet. It's not a buddy. Well, okay, then there you go. That's part of it. I can forgive him. I cannot hold it over his head. I certainly won't live in bitterness. I think it's a benefit for me and for him. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go around and, you know, post on Facebook about him and, you know, steal his stuff, too. I'm not going to let it go there. I'm going to forgive and move forward. Um, But especially if it happened a couple of times, I'm not going to trust him with my wallet anymore. Mm. In fact, I might not hang out with him anymore. There's not a restoration there until he comes to me and says – I I repent of this. I am changing. I'm going to go to maybe a therapist or rehab. I have a problem, klepto or whatever. I am going to change. Then I think there can be more of a restoration, even though there should already be forgiveness. And I heard it put, it's the same way with Jesus on the cross and what what God did with Jesus on the cross. He has offered forgiveness to everyone. Mm. But obviously not everybody, we are told in the Bible, not everybody's going to accept that. Mm -hmm. We are restored and now in good standing with him when we have that relationship because we believe that Jesus died on the cross. So forgiveness is offered. God has forgiven creation. God has forgiven everybody. But restoration won't be there until that forgiveness is accepted. So repentance. Repentance, exactly. Saying, I don't have it figured out. I'm changing. God, your way is the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to abandon all this and I'm going to move towards you.
0: I, it's such a simple and clear way of sharing it. Uh, perhaps it's some somebody somebody smarter fur- than me said that furiously <laughs> writing it down so that you could share it with maybe somebody that you've been trying to. Ex- I want to share it with them and I've not thought of a good way. Or maybe it's not connected. Maybe that would be a way to connect it. Well,
1: because it's a hard question. Why do sure. why do oh why doesn't everybody just go to heaven? Why can't God just be loving enough? Well, He is loving enough, but He's put this this is the way out there. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. Right. For a lot of us that have been grown up in church, it seems too easy sometimes. Well, I got to be good too. Well, not really. You will be good when you are authentic about believing in Jesus and what he calls us to do. But it's just, not everybody will accept it. And yeah. it just it just is that way. People go their own way.
0: Yeah. It's, it's such an unfortunate thing. And, and I know that God grieves that. I mean, yeah. I think part of the, You know, we were exposed to that grievance on Sinai when God's like, "Uh, I'm just calling it quits with these people. I'm going to go with Moses, your kids. Well, God had made a promise to Abraham Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Moses reminded God of his character, which is just and his promises he always keeps. And I think I listened to that and I think about, well, if he's perfect, then why did he need to be reminded it's an interesting question, but I yeah. also think God allows us to have these conversations with him so that we feel his heartbeat a little bit. And we understand, of course, God is not going to be going against his His character because he can't. He's
1: He's just him. He's solid. I, exactly.
0: He can't. But maybe, maybe he also allowed some of that grief to spill out and over and inspire Moses. Do you know how completely... Insane, he must have felt time after time. Moses, this human being Mm -hmm. who's going between perfection.
1: Oh, man. And these
0: people (laughs) will stop messing up. And to where, like, God says, I'm just going to destroy them all. And all of a sudden, Moses, who I think there are days where they, (laughs) I think my father once joked around. It's like, there were days where Moses was like, take him out.
1: And God's like, Moses, Moses. And then there was
0: Mount Sinai where I'm going to take him out. Moses is like,
1: God, you know, (laughs) please. (laughs) One one of those two could take them out. uh, This is
0: fascinating that God wants to be our friend. We see that over and over again in scripture was just, just a compelling. That's incredible. God, the maker of the universe. How could it? How do you even see me, Lord? But He does; He sees your individual everything. Mm. He designed you that way.
1: One thing I want to share about: I saw the word faith in here, and because I skipped so many verses, I forget what verse that it actually is. But it talks about. See, there's a lot of verses faith. in there. needing your see, love. I should have read some other ones. Colossians,
0: Colossians
1: one, and uh, you'll get there. If I can't get there, then it's okay. Rochelle, do a song and dance. Rochelle. Think.
0: A dinky do, Da dinky doo. This is <laughs> it's
1: worth The circus entertainment. <laughs> it says the word faith in there. It's probably not even pertinent to what I'm gonna say. You
0: know what you can I just say yeah. um you were talking about the fruit from Colossians. And isn't it interesting all throughout scripture, the sim, the symbolism with fruit and trees mm. from the very beginning, the tree in the garden that was good. You know the one of knowledge, and then there was the yeah. one of, of good and evil. Frankly, but the one of knowledge and and uh, you see the fruit is taken all throughout Scripture. And if you ever want to know whether somebody was prosperous, it was fruitful. You know, it feels like that was the the going exchange for
1: you're doing good. Yeah, you're doing good. That's a very good you point. know.
0: And so, yeah, Colossians and talking about bearing good fruit, it's going back to that Eden place of it was good. And God rested. And I want to get back to that place. I've even heard it said that when Eden was the the combination of God's presence, because he was there with them, God's presence, not guarded, but there with them in the garden. And it was perfect. Well, that's not what we can have anymore, per se, because sin has separated us out from that. But when you think of heaven, think about that Eden place where just like in heaven is described in in later chapters of uh, Revelation and talking, well, not later, it's Revelation itself is later. It's that It, the it last will, that's, uh, will be later. <laughs> yeah. But in talking about how there's no need for sun or moon because God's light lights everything up, right? So he's there in the midst of heaven. It's that experience of we are just, it's rest in him. And you will still quote, work the land, but we won't toil in working it, you mm. know? There's still be fruit there, but the the land is like in harmony with who God is because it's it's this is what he was born to do, you know?
1: Yeah. And yeah. I
0: I cannot imagine what that's gonna be like. One day we will all see it. Well jaws will drop open and we wonder How will we be doing all this worshiping for eternity? There will be so many reasons, and they will be revealed, and we'll be all about it. It won't be—it will be anything but boring.
1: A lot of people are under the impression we'll have jobs in heaven, Jobs, (laughs) jobs that we'll love.
0: Somebody's got to be raking the golden leaves. <laughs> I don't know if there's golden leaves, but it I, sounds nice.
1: I want to share this. I mean, that's a good reason. I, right. I think this was it that did it. It said, it, "Make sure to not drift away." Um, it said, "Don't." Uh, this is in the verse twenty-three. You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you have received when you heard the good news. And I, I think that's probably what, what did it for me. Uh, when when you when somebody talks about faith, what is how would you describe the word faith?
0: Well, trust comes to mind. Belief uh-huh. comes to mind. Yeah. Um, of course, scriptures regarding faith.
1: Would you say that faith? Uh, we have faith. That um, uh, if, if somebody that doesn't have faith actually uh, came up to you and said, um, "You, you as Christians, you have faith because you don't have evidence."
0: <laughs> well,
1: you believe in faith because you don't. You can't prove it. it, it would would you? I think
0: I think that would be like a misinterpretation of that scripture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: faith is in, is... in
1: Hebrews the th- things unseen. It's talking about the future of what we haven't seen yet. But it doesn't mean to hey if uh you can't prove something, I guess uh, I guess just believe it. No, no, no. Like it says to test, you know, whatever somebody said prophecy or you know test. We have so much opportunity to look back and see the historicity, I think is the the fancy word of saying it of the scriptures that were proven, the Old Testament that proved who Jesus was, the eyewitness accounts—that's evidence. Josephus of things unseen is somebody a a a Roman author mm-hmm. that is not a Christian that has written all these Roman history things that validates sure. what we also read in the Bible, mm-hmm. and so you know it's it's an opportunity to say I believe in the things like like Revelation or the things I haven't seen yet. But we have so much evidence. It's not a blind faith, I guess, is the best way to say it.
0: No, yeah. I, you think of anything. I mean, always Jesus would look to nature when he shared in parables. And you think about like, maybe there's a bee somewhere and he's living in the honeycomb and he's in that hive for so long. And there's a whole world out there. Okay, well, how do you know? I mean, it's... <laughs> That's the worst example ever. Uh, how Clearly, let's leave the parables to Jesus. Well, how there about? you go. That's not a bad but idea. But I'm just saying, if you're a small little fishbowl. This is yeah. this dimension, this world. <clears throat> right. We have clear evidence for things out there that we still don't understand. Science mm-hmm. even acknowledges it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if, <laughs> if there's evidence for that, how much this is not a giant leap of faith. The giant leap of faith. I mean, it's kind of a silly thing once you have encountered what you know without a shadow of a doubt to be true, without having seen, Jesus says you're blessed. You just know. Mm-hmm. So You just know. That's faith. Mm-hmm. And you can argue whatever you want to argue, but you just know that you know.
1: Um, we'll leave the parables to Jesus, but we will tell you. You don't
0: want to go honeycomb again? A
1: great story. There's about- something there. <laughs> a cereal. Um, <laughs> but Tutu is a, an incredible woman that we read about with Hope Notes with Compassion International. Uh, she is a mom- just making it trying to make it and she has two kids with another one on the way
0: yes she didn't have the prenatal gummies those are the good ones
1: oh you like those okay
0: uh ginger chews also help with the tummy problems but she didn't have the access to the things that she desperately needed impoverished and and i mean they they were not doing well right there in the border of um thailand next to myanmar and their community. I mean, they were far away from a lot of people. So the help that she needed, I think about the people that would stop by when your wife is pregnant. Here's some cocoa butter, Kelsey. Uh-huh. Right. Here's everything, yeah. here's some extra, cause one day you're gonna need an extra package of diapers, forget that. So here she is about to have this baby. What is she gonna do? and then Jesus is able to swoop down through his ministry called Compassion International and love on this family. It's just such a blessing to be a part of this ministry.
1: Removing kids from poverty in Jesus name and it's $38 a month that you can sponsor a child and then it does they have, you know, extra programs like the survival program that helped Tutu, the you know, the mom there. Mm-hmm. But even I mean, you think about a family and if they have four or five kids and they're having trouble feeding the family, well, when compassion gets one of those kids fed, well, then it's easier on the family. Yes. And then also Christmas gifts or you know things like that, extra special things, will help the family as well. Whether it be you know a, an animal or you know a food, tangible food that shows up at their doorstep, there is so much to Compassion International. And we, I'd just be thinking, praying about maybe getting involved.
0: So you think about the evidence. If you need to see it with your eyes, you can go online at HopeOnDemand.com and Mm. see the babies, witness what is being done, but know that it is happening. And Jesus, ah, he's being glorified. It's really exciting.
1: HopeOnDemand.com to find out more on Compassion International. And we will see you next week. Next week.